Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. God for uh, a wonderful production. I hope you were blessed. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you are inspired by that wonderful production uh, by our creative art ministry. And uh, I thank God for their life. Once again, happy Easter. And I, I pray that the blessing of Easter will be yours, uh, will be for your family. Uh, for those of us going through challenges right now, uh, maybe you're sick, maybe you lost loved ones, or maybe you have loved ones that are, you know, holding on to their dear lives, uh, or you're just going through, you know, emotional challenges. I just pray that you will be encouraged this season. I pray that the message of Easter will resonate with you, we encourage you, we empower you, and we inspire you to go forward and to move further and to trust God. Uh, that is our prayer for you, and I thank God for your life, that you are joining us. Uh, and I pray that you will be blessed tremendously in Jesus' name. Uh, I want to welcome our guest. If today is, your, is the first time you're joining us online, whether you're on Facebook, or on YouTube, or you are just on the Agape House website uh, watching us live, we want to let you know. Uh, that we welcome you, that we appreciate you, that we thank you uh, for taking time to celebrate your Easter with us today. I would like you to indicate if you are worshiping with us for the first time. Uh, we have uh, uh, coordinators online who will be reaching out to you. Just indicate, just type your name. Uh, just let us know that this is the first time you're joining us and we will be able to welcome you uh, being online is not equal to being anonymous. Uh, you are still a person loved by God, cared for by God, and we want to show you our agape hospitality even though we are online. Amen. I also have a word for my kiddos watching with their parents. Uh, I want to uh, let you know that you are loved. Even though you are not able to dress up and go out and enjoy Easter, uh, I think this is helping us to truly know what Easter is all about. Easter is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. So I'm, I want to let you know, uh, you know, that you know, this is a very important moment in your life. You're learning a valuable lesson. Uh, this season will pass. We will move on. But this lesson must stay with you. All right? Uh, I'm going to give you a homework today, uh, just to let you know, before the end of the service, I'll give you something, so, you, you know, we can connect, all right? Okay, we are going to go into the Word of God for today, and I'm going to share on something I call the lessons of resurrection, uh, and I want us to pray. Father, we thank you, we honor you, because your Word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is yea. Your word is amen. And we 
thank you because your word knows no bound. Buildings may be closed, but your church is alive and your word is still alive. And so, Father, we just ask, Lord, you speak to us in ways that only you can do. I pray that you will anoint me to speak accurately, to speak with power, to speak with grace, to speak in the manner you will have spoken if you were physically the one speaking. I thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Resurrection is the pinnacle of the Christian faith. Everything hangs on resurrection. It begins at the cross, but it ends at resurrection. So resurrection is so critical uh, to our existence. Resurrection is so critical to our experience as believers. So I'm going to just talk about, you know, what are the lessons of resurrection. Uh, but I also want to look at resurrection <clears throat> from the ministry of Jesus Christ himself. You know, resurrection is so important to the fulfillment of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus must resurrect for his ministry to be fulfilled. It is not just about Jesus going to the cross. You know, last Friday we were talking about the cross. You see, the cross will really not be effective without the resurrection. Without resurrection, the cross will be an empty symbol that we carry around. Resurrection is what gives the cross the power that it has in our life. That is why Resurrection Sunday is regarded as the most important Sunday in the Christian calendar because everything hangs on resurrection. I'm going to read a passage of the Bible. I actually would like you to read it with me. I don't want you to just depend on the screen. I want you to take out your Bible, you know, uh, you know, have your phone, iPad, you know, and we read, um, uh, we read, uh, we, we read a passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read about 10 verses, all right? I know it's boring this day reading 10 verses of scripture, but we must read, all right? The scripture is life. I'm going to read those 10 verses, and I pray you, you know, just read with me and follow with me. But if it is preached that Jesus has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So there are people, even as the time of this was being written, who disputed resurrection. You know, they wanted to, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back in a few minutes, you know, to kind of explain what, what is behind all this. There were people who want to really discredit the idea of resurrection. And Apostle Paul really wanted to let us know that it is important. So I'm going to go to verse 3. He says, If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. All right? There's a dispute whether we are going to resurrect eventually. And Apostle Paul is saying, you know, if there is no resurrection, that means Jesus did not uh, himself was not raised from the dead. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. So there will be nothing like faith. There will be nothing like the gospel 
It would not have any power if Jesus was not raised from the dead. Let's read verse 15. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is fruitile. You are still in your sin. That means there is even no deliverance from sin without resurrection. I mean, maybe there might be forgiveness because of the cross, but there will be no deliverance from sin. The reason why we have hope of freedom from the power of sin is because of resurrection. Let's look at verse 18. Then those who are falling asleep in Christ are lost. For those of us who are people who are falling, that means they are passed on, but they passed on in Christ. You know, the reason why we believe we're going to see them again is because of resurrection. He said, if Jesus did not raise, was not raised from the dead, then those people are lost. But thank God they are not. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all of all people most to be pitied. That means, I mean, we should be pitied if our hope is only for this world. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. The first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So resurrection is the most important experience of the Christian life. Hallelujah. It is the ultimate defeat of the enemy. In fact, if the enemy knew Jesus was going to resurrect, he wouldn't have crucified him. I want you to pay attention to that. Note that. If the enemy knew that Jesus was going to be raised from the dead, the enemy would not have gone through the trouble of crucifying him. He crucified him thinking that he was going to be able to stop him. And that's why the enemy did everything to stop resurrection. In fact, not only the enemy, even people that crucified Jesus, they did everything to ensure, you know, resurrection did not take place. All right? Because, there are, and there are a few reasons for that. Number one, resurrection validates who Jesus claimed to be. You know, Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, the Messiah. The Messiah means the Savior. And Jesus made several claims himself that he was going to resurrect. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 39 and 34, the Bible says he answered, a wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign. When they asked him for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was raised, was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jesus here was speaking about his resurrection. He was speaking about his death and resurrection. In Matthew 27, the Bible says here, you know, let me actually, you know, let me, yeah. Let's, Matthew 27, look at what the people were saying. Look at what the Pharisees were saying. Let's go to Matthew 27, 62 through 64. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priest and the Pharisees went to Pilate, 
Sir, they said, we remember while he was still alive that that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. So even the Pharisees, the people who crucified Jesus, they were, you know, they knew he talked about his resurrection as what validates him. That was, that was the validation that he is the Christ, he is from God, he is the Messiah. So they are saying, you know what, we're going to prevent resurrection from happening. Hallelujah. But he didn't. They didn't, they couldn't. Praise the name of the Lord. So resurrection is very important to the ministry of Jesus. Resurrection is also important to the validity of the scripture. You know, the Old Testament prophets, their reputation was online because they prophesied resurrection. They talked about resurrection. They foretold his death. They foretold his resurrection. You know, Acts chapter 17, you know, when Paul was preaching in verse 2 and 3, as was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on Three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scripture. Verse 3, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. So Jesus' resurrection was a fulfillment of many, many, many prophecies of old. That he was going to die, but he wasn't just going to die. Many people have died. You know, there have been martyrs who died. You know, there have been several prophets who were killed. There have been several prophets who were murdered for thousands of years. What separates Jesus, however, is the fact that he was going to rise. Hallelujah. So it was to prove, you know, the scripture right. It is to validate the Old Testament prophecies, and that is why we can rely on the scripture today. Resurrection also proves Jesus' sinless character and divine nature. You know, he was a, he, resurrection proves that he was actually sinless because in Psalm 16, verse 10, the Bible says, you will never suffer your only one to see corruption. You know, this is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. You know, he was sinless, he was pure, and resurrection proves that. Resurrection also proves his accusers wrong, Right? It put them on the wrong side of history. And that's why they had to go through the length they went into, you know, to make sure, you know, that he, he, he could not, he, his body was not stolen. Hallelujah. It's very, very important. In fact, after that, I'm going to read another scripture here to tell you. In Matthew 28, uh, verse 11 to 13, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. This is after Jesus rose from the dead now. When the chief priest had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. So these were the soldiers that were guarding the, the body of Christ. They were guarding the tomb. Don't, and you remember, they put a, a huge stone there, and they put soldiers to guard. But Jesus rose from the dead in spite of all that. 
you know, you know, instead of the soldiers being punished, they actually got some cash. And they, they were told to lie and say, you know what? You know, whatever happened to us, his disciples came, you know, you know, and they just stole him away. So they were trying to discredit the claim of resurrection, you know, because resurrection now put them on the wrong side of history. You know, up, up until today, you know, a lot of the fundamental Jewish people, you know, they, they don't like the idea of resurrection. The idea of resurrection really, you know, makes them uncomfortable because it puts their forefathers on the wrong side of each history. I would rather be on the wrong side of history and still have salvation. I mean, so thank God so many Jewish people have abandoned that today and they are embracing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So resurrection was very important to the ministry of Jesus Christ. It must happen. The enemy tried to stop it. The people tried to stop it. You know, the Pharisees tried to stop it. But nothing could stop Jesus from coming out of the grave. Hallelujah. Nothing could stop it. The grave must be empty for our life to be filled. The grave must be empty for us to have a risen Savior. That is why we, have a, we serve a God that is alive. We are not serving a God that is dead. We are not serving a God that we can go and, you know, we can go and celebrate his tomb. No, the tomb is empty. We are serving a God that is alive. And because he's alive, he can truly be our savior and be with us today. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm going to go to what that means to us. All right. We've talked about the historical aspect of this, why this was very, very important in the plan of God. You know, what does that mean to us? What lessons can we draw from that as individual believer? And there are a bunch of lessons. I'll, I'll, I'll mention four of them, and we're going to close and pray together. Number one lesson that we learn from resurrection is that despair is never an option for a believer. Despair means hopelessness. You see, hopelessness is never an option. And I don't care what, where you, what you are going through. I don't care what, you know, what is going on around you. If you have Jesus, hopelessness is, not, hopelessness is not an option. And it's not an option because of resurrection. You see, resurrection makes us to, you know, to have hope. Hope that, it, you know, no matter how bad it is, there is resurrection. And I want you to remind me, personally, this has encouraged me a lot. I've been in many situations, many hopeless situations where, you know, but I just say, you know what, I can't give up because there is resurrection. And I want to tell you, you can't give up. You can't give up. I remember I was talking to one of our brothers a few weeks ago, actually a couple of months ago. He was really going through a lot. You know, you know, he has to do with his immigration, and he was really, he was almost becoming hopeless. You know, then we entered into this pand you know, pandemic that looked like, you no, know, who is even going to bother about this? But in the midst of this, just yesterday, his paper came in the midst of all that. You know, look at what can happen. Resurrection tells us there is hope. So I don't know what you're going through whether it's sickness, whether it's job relation, whether it's related, whether it's relationship related, whether it's your marriage, you know, whether it's your career, whether it's your goals in life, and things look hopeless. In the natural, things look hopeless. 
If you're a child of God, you have something to look into. You have something to look into, look at resurrection. And when you look at resurrection, you can say, you know what? I can have hope. You know, we're going through a very challenging situation now, but as children of God, we can have hope. We can have hope that no matter what the plan of the enemy is for this pandemic, uh, pandemic, no matter what his plan is, we can have hope that God's plan will always trump the plan of the enemy. You know, resurrection, I mean, resurrection is God's plan that trumped every attempt of the enemy, every plan of the enemy, every agreement in hell, you know, concerning the human race. You know, don't forget, the human race was, on, was online. Resurrection came and trumped that. Hallelujah. There's a scripture I'm going to read for us, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Let's look at how Apostle Paul applied this. And we can also apply that in our life. 2 Corinthians 1, 9 says, Indeed, he was going through a lot. He was going through a lot in his life. And he wrote this. He said, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. <laughs> Look at what he's going through. He said, we felt we've received the sentence of death. We thought it was over. I mean, our feeling, the feeling is, this is over. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Did you see that? So he was going through a personal situation that was hopeless, that you can say, you know what, this is a sentence of death. This is over. There's nothing, you know, it's never going to happen. My dream is never going to be fulfilled. Everything I've planned for the year, for my life, things, nothing is going in the right direction. He said we were in that place. But this happened so that we no longer rely on ourselves, so that I no longer rely on my calculation, on my business plan. I no longer rely on my, you know, on my ability to plan, my ability. Now I can rely on God who raises the dead. And I pray for you, as many of you going through situations that look like death, that look hopeless, I pray for you that the resurrection power will bring hope into you in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you will be able to look at the resurrection and say, you know what? I can rely on God who raises the dead. God can raise your business. God can raise up your dream. God can raise up your body. God can raise up your family. God can raise up everything that is going through that experience of death in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. That's a practical lesson. The second practical lesson that I want us to learn is that sin can be overcome. We can have victory over sin. One of the major challenges of a Christian is overcoming sin. Overcoming sinful behavior, overcoming sinful addiction, you know, living a life that pleases God. You see, resurrection shows us that sin can be overcome. Now, the cross tells us that sin can be forgiven, all right? At the cross, we see the sacrifice of sin, all right? And God looks at the cross and he forgives our sin, you know. But we know Christian life is more than just, you know, being forgiven. Christians are not just sinners that are forgiven. Yes, we are sinners that become saints, 
All right? You know, we are sinners who, have, who, who overcome sin. And in case you're out there, you're going through, you know, you know, that challenge in your life, you know, where you are being overcome by sin, sinful desires, you know, uh, sinful habits, drugs, you know, pornography, whatever that may be. Maybe it's anger issue that is taking the best of you and you are not able to live a life that pleases God. You know, resurrection tells us sin can be overcome. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read two verses here, two scriptures that I think will help you, that you should note. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is fruitile, and you are still in your sins. All right? I mean, we've read that before, but I'm just, you know, zoning in on that. If Christ has not been no, because Jesus was raised, you know, we can no longer be under the power of sin. So if you're struggling with sin, it's not about your power. Maybe you've given up. Maybe you say, you know what, I don't think this Christian life is for me. You know, I just can't act right. I just can't do what is right. No matter what I, how I try, I just can't. Yes, you know you can't. It's true. You're actually saying you cannot. You know, but God can. And God can because of resurrection. So you got to be like Apostle Paul, no longer relying on you, but relying on God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. You know, because of resurrection, you know, we can experience the power of God. That's why Apostle Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know, and the fellowship of his suffering. It's one thing to participate in his suffering. It's another thing to enjoy the power of his resurrection. And I pray for you, if you are over there, you know, watching me right now, struggling with sin, struggling with pornography, struggling with drug, gambling, addiction, anger problem, I pray that you will experience God's resurrection power in the mighty name of Jesus. The power of resurrection will be released over your life and destroy the power and the hold of sin and demonic power in the mighty name of Jesus. And you experience freedom that comes from God. Hallelujah. Resurrection also tells us that renewal or transformation is possible. Now, if you overcome sin, then we can experience transformation. Transformation is the, is the ultimate proof of our Christian life. You know, our Christian life, you know, the ultimate proof is the transformation that takes place in our life. Transformation is supernatural. It's not something we struggle to do. It's something God does in us, and that is made available by the power of resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, if you read verse 21, 22, says, since, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. Now, death came through Adam. You know, resurrection comes through Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ we will be made alive. It simply means we will be transformed. That's what we, re that's what we represent with baptism, right? Baptism represents that. Uh, in Colossians 2, 2, 12, it says, Having been buried with him in baptism, and 
in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You see, our faith in resurrection is what causes us to experience transformation. Transformation comes when we put our faith in resurrection. That's why Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20, but nevertheless, I live. How do I live? Because I was raised with him. Resurrection is what gives us that transforming power that allows us to live a life that pleases God, that allows us to live a life that gives him glory, that allows us to live a transformed life and be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. And lastly, resurrection tells us that grave is not our final destination. If you are watching me, you've lost a loved one in Christ. Grave is not the final destination. It's not. Maybe you've lost somebody in the midst of this uh, pandemic. As long as they were in Christ, resurrection tells us grave is not the final destination. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. Grave is not the final destination of a believer. And that's the old argument of Apostle Paul in the scripture we read. The old 1 Corinthians 15. I want you to go read it. I want you to encourage yourself in the Lord. Because Jesus resurrected, every believer in Christ Jesus will resurrect one day. We will resurrect one day. Now, the body will be buried for now, but one day... Every believer in Christ Jesus will experience that resurrection and go up to meet him in the air. And that's very, very important. I'm going to read a portion of the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read from verse 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. That's a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed. For in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the same that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Hallelujah. Resurrection tells us as believers, grave is not the end. So believers, we are not afraid of death because we know just being, going into the grave is not the end of life of a believer. We have a fuller life, a better life that is coming after. Hallelujah. And that is the joy of a believer. That's what resurrection means to us. But also if you're, if for someone that is not saved, there is also another life. It's a life in hell, which you don't want to be part of. Even those who are not in Christ, even if they die, what it means is they end up not in, in life, 
but in death, which is called eternal death. And I don't want you to be part of that. So if you are watching, you cannot fully say, if I die today, I'm going to spend my eternity with Jesus. What a beautiful day to change that. What a beautiful day to alter that. Especially given all this going on around us. Everything going on around us is a signal that we are at the beginning of the end. The end time is here. You know what is going on now was foretold in the scripture. There will be pestilence. You know, when we read it, we have no way of conceiving it. And many more of this will happen. This will not be the first. This will not be the last. Many more of things like this will happen. We are seeing increases in that. That is showing that the end is air. The trumpet might sound at any time. I want to ask you, if the trumpet sounds today, are you ready to go with Jesus? If you're not, the wonderful news is we can fix that. Jesus is ready. So if you're watching me, I want you to agree with me in prayer. The decision to change that it lies with you. And you can make that decision in the comfort of your room. I made that decision several years ago in the comfort of my room. You don't actually have to be in church, but you can invite Jesus into your life. So while you're sitting, if you can go on your knees, I want you to go on your knees. If you can't, just put your hands on your chest and I will pray with you and I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you because you went to the cross and you died for me. You defeated sin. You paid the price of my sin. And on the third day, you rose again to give me power to overcome. So today, I confess that you did it for me. I repent of my sin. I repent that I've not accepted you until now. But today, I invite you forgive me. Give me eternal life. Write my name in the book of life. I want to experience you when you come. I want to have the assurance that when you come, I will be with you. I want to have the assurance that even when my life, this life comes to an end, I will spend my eternity with you. I thank you in Jesus' name. If you made that decision, please, you can indicate online. Just indicate that I made a decision to accept Jesus. You know, so that we can note you and we can, you know, hopefully contact you. Just make that decision. Just, just make a note. Whether you're watching on YouTube, on Facebook, you can always say, I gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered my life or I rededicated my life to Jesus. And I pray that this Resurrection Sunday will mark a major beginning in your life. I want to pray for the rest of you. Whether you are there, you're struggling with sin, you know, maybe that is you, and you want that resurrection power. You know, whether you're there, you're just struggling with, you know, you know with a life, you're not experiencing victory in your life. You know, the Christian life is a life of victory. That is not overcome by what is going on around. And you know that you know what something other than God is ruling my life. I would like to pray with you. 
And I'd like you to just agree with me in faith. You can put your hands on your chest as a symbol, or you can raise it, and I will pray with you. So, Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice saying, I want the victory that the cross brings. So I'm praying in the name of Jesus, connecting my faith with theirs, and I'm believing that the resurrection power that we celebrate today will be released. Some of them will feel that power, even physically right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, whether they are being troubled with sin, troubled with sickness, troubled with addiction, troubled with affliction, some of them demonic affliction, I pray that the power of resurrection will come into that room right now and break every power in the mighty name of Jesus and give victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Victory is yours because of the power of resurrection. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him. You can put your hands together even in your church, in the church. We're a virtual church, so we can celebrate what Jesus did. Amen. Amen and amen.